you can join us today. Our show today is really going to be, I think, profound. We are going to be talking with a woman who wrote Alzheimer's Grief Haikus, just such beautiful poetry um, and, and very profound. I think you will be touched if you are dealing with dementia or know of someone who is or just anybody dealing with with grief and loss. I think uh, these will resonate. But before I introduce our guest today, I just want to welcome everyone to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. If you're new to our show, we've been around since about 2011, and we are all about raising everyone's voice around the world. So if you're living with dementia, if you're caring for somebody, if you're a business professional, an author, a writer, a singer, um, a researcher, um, an advocate, all voices are welcome. So just try to reach out to me through alzheimerspeaks.com and I would be glad to get back to you. I also always have to thank our audience because you guys are really helping shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort by sharing the information, the tools, the resources that we share here on Alzheimer's Speaks Radio as well as our blog. So I just appreciate all your likes, your clicks and shares and hope that you will continue to do that. And I want to also just do a shout out um, to a couple of communities and businesses that I'm going to be doing some programs for. Gable Pines in Venice Heights, Minnesota will be doing an educational program on January 30th. And you can learn more about that. You can call Deb Waterbury at that 651-472-1851. And that's Gable Pines in Minnesota. We'll also be doing a webinar with the Greenhouse Project on January 30th as well. And an upcoming webinar with Educate for their virtual road trip. And that will be on February 19th. And more information will be coming on both of those. Excited uh, to have this conversation about grief and poetry and love and just the process in general. And so today I, I'm excited to introduce to you um, two, two powerful women who are very heartfelt and, and just both very special people. One is Mary Todd, who has been married to Jim for 62 years. And Mary lives in an independent living and her husband, Jim, who has Alzheimer's and vascular dementia, had moved into memory care in September of just this past year, 2019. And Mary's going to share um, with us her Alzheimer's grief haiku. So welcome, Mary. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing okay. Hi, Laurie. I'm thrilled to have you with us. Thank you. And, uh, Mary's uh, sidekick here with her today is Nancy <laughs> Nero, and she's an ordained clergywoman in the United Church of Christ. And her call to ministry is called Anoint. And she's an entrepreneurial healthcare ministry specializing in ancient practice of anointing in end-of-life care using um, herbs and essential oils. So welcome, Nancy. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Lori. And I, I love being uh, introduced as Mary Todd's sidekick. I <laughs> think that's perfect. <laughs> I love, love, love that. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. So I always ask um, everyone to share a little bit more about their story and if they've been touched by dementia. And Mary, I um, had mentioned that Jim has dementia. Can you tell people a little bit about when Jim got diagnosed and how that affected you? He was diagnosed with mild cognitive impairment in 2011. And um, I remember that day very well. Uh, I always take copious notes at every doctor's appointment. And um, it wasn't until 2016 that the neurologist, uh, when Jim said, what's the matter with me? 
uh, and she said, you have dementia. And I argued with her. It was like, no, he has my cognitive impairment uh, and, and it's not likely to develop into dementia. And she said, that's not true. So I went back and looked at my notes. I'm very good at denial. So my notes clearly said likely to develop into dementia, but what I wrote was, what I remembered about what I wrote was not likely. So since that time, um, as I say, I'm really good at denial. And so um, I did start looking around and trying to find, and that's when I, I found you, Laurie, when uh, the first dementia-friendly cruise that you did, uh, Jim and I went on, and that was in 2017. So that was shortly after the doctor had used the word dementia. So I was on the internet. Um, I love to learn. I'm not so glad that I needed to learn about this, but it was something I needed to learn about. So um, yeah, that's where I've been for the last several years. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing that with us. I know that that's a, a hard journey. And I think most people in this space are real good at denial. I mean, that just kind of comes with, it's kind of the D word with dementia. <laughs> denial is almost its sidekick there. And I, I think it's, it's very, very common that we, we hear what we need to hear at the time and we hold on tight until something else happens uh, where we can no longer um, be in denial. And it was, I still have one of my favorite pictures from the cruise is when Jim put on the gloves that uh, they were spa gloves that he won. And I just love that, that picture. It, but it was uh, just such a pleasure having you guys join us on that. So thank you. Um, Nancy, how about you? Have you been personally touched with your own, you know, family or circle of friends by dementia? I um, am a hospice chaplain, um, Lori. So I've been a hospice chaplain for 10 years now. And um, so in the course of the circle of um, hundreds of people I've cared for and their families, I've, um, I've been around dementia and Alzheimer's quite a bit as their chaplain um, as for families as who, who need a chaplain and really for the, the, the one who is in hospice care, um, I think it's uh, been just uh, an amazing gift for me to be journeying with, with folks who um, are um, uh, in hospice care at the end of their life. Uh, and, you know, I think the greatest gift for me has been really being able to love on family members that um, need uh, so much more care and compassion, I think, in so many different ways than other folks. Um, so my capacity for compassion, I think, has been um, incredibly opened up um, because of the gift I've, I've been given to be with families. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Mary, how did the two of you come to meet? Can you share that? I'm sure there's a story back there. There is a story. Uh, so Nancy and my daughter were in grad school together in Denver. So a couple of times when I went out, Nancy and I got to meet each other. And then in 2000, was it 13, Nancy, uh, Jim and Julie, you went hiking in Utah and the Grand Canyon for maybe 10 days or something like that. And then a couple of years later, Nancy uh, came back to uh, New England and they went hiking again in the White Mountains. So we reconnected at that time as well. So yeah, I'm so glad to know Nancy. Wonderful. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that background. And Nancy, I want to talk to you just a little bit about Anoint and how you got started and maybe the background regarding the, the haiku book itself. <laughs> Thank you, Lori. Well, um, Anoint came out of um, my work as, as a hospice chaplain. I um, got a very late call to ministry, um, went to seminary when I was 50, and uh, came out to uh, three years later and was cutting my teeth on how to be a hospice chaplain and um, was working on call for five nights a week as a hospice chaplain. And I found myself... Um, wanting to um, 
really create ritual for family, to create kind of this gathering place. And I felt like anointing oil was one of those ways to create ritual for families um, and, and the people that they love. And, but what I found out was that um, when, you, when you inquire about anointing oil, um, at the time, this was more than 10 years ago, I, I couldn't find any kind of uh, place where um, you could um, find out how uh, the anointing oil was made, what kind of ingredients were in the anointing oil, um, uh, where those ingredients came from, and um, how the manufacturing of anointing oil went. There's a lot of companies out there that actually sell anointing oil, but when you push a little bit, nobody's really knows a lot of those answers. And I was bound and determined that um, if I was going to put something on my hands of an, of an anointing oil to anoint somebody else, I wanted to know everything about that anointing oil. Um, so I could tell family members, this is this, this means this, this is, it was made with this and it was made with that and made here. And I just came up with time and time with just more frustration. And so I um, um, went back to uh, school, a herb school, um, and, and I learned how to um, make anointing oils. And I went to this herb school in Denver where it wasn't just anointing oils, but it was really about um, being much more intentional about supporting people with this ancient practice that I really have come to love so deeply and know the power of um, what it brings to, to people, uh, families, and people who are dying. So uh, Anoint came out of um, all of that. And then I, um, I was just uh, feeling that... Um, as I, as I tried many other things like um, essential sprays with essential oils and started making my own tea blends for patients and families and myself and friends that I thought, well, I think there's something here about really honing in on this end of life grief support care that Anoint Now has become um, in a bigger bigger breath of just not just anointing oils, but really heartbreak and grief support and a life care support with essential oils, herbs, and, and now um, anointing oils as well uh, for lots of different reasons. I even uh, have a, have a herbal tea blend for uh, folks who are grieving the loss of a pet because I think that there's just so little sometimes to how do, how do we acknowledge somebody who has lost somebody that they've loved and we just sometimes don't have all the wherewithal and all the wisdom to know um, what, what, um, what we can do best for people who we love who have lost someone. So it's a wide variety now of, of, uh, of all sorts of wonderful, beautiful things, but anointing oil is its foundation. Wonderful. And I, I think it's nice to be able to have those rituals, you know, and like you said, with a pet, you know, I mean, it's just recently you can find a card to send to somebody who's lost a pet, you know, and pets are, my gosh, they're an extension of our family, you know, and so those things are really, really important. I want to focus today, you know, on on your haikus. And Mary, um, I first want to ask you, did you even know what a haiku was? I did know something. I remember studying in high school or something. But when I got um, the journal that Nancy sent me and she had a haiku blessing for me, I had to re-familiarize myself with it. So... Um, the haiku is Japanese poetry, 17 syllables in a haiku. There's five syllables in the first um, line, seven syllables in the second line, and five syllables in the third line. And let me just read you the haiku blessing that, Nancy, you sent me. Um, a haiku blessing for Mary's journal. May this be sacred. May these writings be holy. May you find meaning. And I think it was that last, that last line. So may this be sacred. May these writings be holy. May you find meaning. So 
not very many syllables, but it was powerful for me. And so thank you, Nancy. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Um, Nancy, when you, when you sent her the haiku blessing, what, what was your thought in sending that? Were you hoping that she would start writing herself? It's so sweet to hear you say those words, Mary. Thank you so much. Well, you know, I, I should say that I posted this on Anoint, and Mary and I obviously are very good friends. And, um, but I posted this invitation to Anoint with a photograph of the sample journal that I brought with me today for you to see, Lori. Um, and I made my own and took a picture of it. And I um, posted this because I, people who follow Anoint know that I'm very, very, very committed to looking at how we grieve um, with art. And I love this so much research now on this creative spirit that how um, art and creativeness journeys can journey so well together with our grief journey and where we are in our grief and just this just this really beautiful way of sometimes we just don't have the words to express our grief but we can sometimes find the creative art to find our grief um, and write it and illustrate it and speak it in a different way other than the language that we're familiar with I just know there's so much there and so rich so um, the idea was that I put this out before Thanksgiving um, and I think it was like the beginning of, of November and um, I just put it a posting saying, hey, I, I just created this, my holiday grief journal. I'd love to send one to anyone and, um, uh, you, and with, a, with a blessing from me that I'll, I will include in it. And Mary was the only person who took me up on that invitation. And she knows that now because I told her, like, she was the only one of, of everyone on Anoint who said, I'd love one. So... Um, here's somebody I actually knew, um, I loved, you know, there are a lot of people on, on Noit that I don't know at all on the Facebook page, but I knew this person and I love her so much and we have a beautiful history together. And I was like, what a blessing for me to be able to have, and I was thinking other people were going to do this, but Mary's the first one. And then obviously the only one who, who um, asked for one. So it was the sweetest, sweetest thing to be able to write a blessing for somebody that you love. Um, I know um, Jim and Mary and Julie's journey uh, so well. Um, so this whole place of like, I'm just, I'm just going to write a haiku. I think I'm just going to write a haiku. It was just like this random, but not random, you know, was all supposed to be kind of intentional, but uh, at the time I didn't know that at all. And I certainly, um, I mean, we've talked a lot, Mary and I, over um, her, the grief that she holds in her heart for what's been happening. Um, but uh, I had no idea and I, that of what to come out of that blessing. I had no idea that there would be this like, amazing, amazing gift of haiku grief uh, poetry that Mary's written, which I hope we'll hear soon. Yeah, it's, it's quite beautiful and, and very powerful. And, and Mary, when you signed up, you know, to, to receive that, did you think uh, this is something I'm going to do or I'm just really going to check it out or I love my friend and I want to be inclusive? What, what, what was really behind the signing up and what actually happened? Well, when I got the, like, the invitation, it was like, ah, a grief journal. Oh, that'd probably be a really good idea. And I was thinking a journal like people write a journal, and I've never been good at that. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe this time. But I had no intention of writing haiku. I just hadn't even occurred to me. But then Nancy's blessing was just such a blessing that it was like hmm. and then I had um, a few days later I had a Reiki session and Reiki is a natural healing process and it was like shortly after that session I might have been the next night I woke up in the middle of the night with two haiku perfectly formed out of someplace and I had a notebook by my bed and I wrote down in the dark 
thinking to myself, I'll never be able to read this when I wake up. But there was enough of it there that I could read it and decipher it. And then I'm in, in the dentist chair the next day, and I got another couple of lines, and it was like they just, they just started pouring out of me. So it was quite unexpected um, and really quite healing. So your blessing was a blessing, Nancy. Well, you know, I, I think writing is, is so healing. And like you said, even like when you go to the doctor, you were a big note taker. And that was, you know, part of your process for processing information, if it was in denial or not at the, at the time. I mean, and I'm kind of like that too. I, I, it, it, I like to have things, I like to listen, but I like to, you know, jot my notes and stuff too. And for that, for those two things, for, you know, you to receive the, the blessing and then even the Reiki to ignite something maybe within you even more, just adding that on. And then you being open to this, go, well, oh, this isn't really, you know, what I thought I'd do. And I'm just going to, well, we're going to see what happens here. And then going with the flow, um, you have put so many powerful pieces together. Would you mind sharing a couple of yours with us right now? And I, it, when I first started writing, I, I would write them on the back of a, an envelope as I was opening the mail, something would come to me, or on the back of my grocery list, or I was filing something uh, three weeks later, and as I'm picking it up, there's one in there. So eventually I started putting them in the computer so that I could keep them like all in one place. So... Gone, but not yet gone. My heart aches beyond sadness. Excruciating. Alzheimer's, you suck. Here, but not you anymore. I'm missing you so much. You in memory care? I don't think I can do that. I'll feel too guilty. And I still am dealing with the guilt, even though I had a geriatric psychiatrist and my primary care person say, it's going to be best for him. Um, I still deal with the guilt because there are days that he's more lucid. And it was like, maybe I didn't need to do it just yet. But my kids were great. And we're very fortunate that we're in the same building, so I don't have to travel 20 minutes or half an hour to get to him. I have breakfast with him every morning, and so in that way, I'm really, really blessed. And my kids were just, just remarkable. It was like, Mom, we're as worried about you as we are about Dad. Um, so they, they were really great. But then... 2.10, 4 a.m. Sleep evades total exhaustion. Sadness envelops, gather pink light in my heart. Healing. <sighs> Breathe deeply. I hug you and I weep. It's so empty without you. I want the old you. For better, for worse. We had some fun times, we did. This worse is the pits. Sadness, emptiness, plumbing the depths of my life. 62 plus years. And Nancy, I think maybe this next one might be with your urging or your, uh, I don't know, your prompting or something. Anoint me with oil. The void is deep, so deep. Heal my broken heart. Life is so different. There's a huge hole in my heart. Looking for some sun. Black nativity. Going out with family. 
I wish you could go. Black Nativity is an annual um, event in Boston that is um, by people in the African-American uh, community that, that retell the nativity story from their point of view. And we always took our kids every year and it was just such an important event. And they keep Jim's picture by the door. So when I leave each time, I kiss him. And when I kissed him that time, when we were going to Black Nativity, <laughs> it was like, I wish you could go. So, <sighs> balloon volleyball. I love to see you happy. Smile comes to my face. Balloon volleyball is one of the activities you do in memory care. Hospital ER. What? End of life decisions? I am not ready. It's complete heart block. Pacemakers too invasive. What do I do now? People often ask how Jim is and how I am, and it's like, I'm doing fine. Then why unexpected tears? Who am I kidding? Help me. Oh, help me. Where do I turn for comfort? Give me a cookie. You do love ice cream. It fixes most everything. Thank goodness for that. Sometimes you try me. I know it's the disease, but be patient, Mary. Shadows cover me like a veil I can't see through. Is there sun out there? Feeling bottled up. Tender words I want to say get stuck in my throat. It just hurts sometimes. He doesn't know who I am. His mother? Not sure. This next one was from, I was having a hard time crying one time and my daughter said, Mom, remember that song we used to sing? It's all right to cry. So this is from um, a record that we used to play with our kids called Free to Be You and Me by Carol Hall. And it was, it's all right to cry. Crying gets the sand out of you. It's all right to cry. You just might be better. It's all right to cry. Crying gets the sand out of me. I'll feel better. This one is kind of interesting. I don't even know where it came from because I didn't understand it, but this is what I wrote. Phoenix in the fire, emerging that much stronger, reborn from the ash. And I think this is Greek mythology or something, the phoenix, and it's like a bird that gets burned up and is reborn. It was like, whoa, I had to look it up on Google to find out what I was writing about. Where did that come from? Very interesting. Ah, another day dawns. Don't want to get out of bed. Let me sleep some more. It's dementia's fault. It's not you talking. It's that darn disease. And this is a little bit embarrassing, but we were going on the Alzheimer's walk. We both had our purple shirts and we're ready to go and with a group and I'm not feeling all that good. So um, I was like, just suck it up. I got my Gatorade and we went. And when I got there, I, someone graciously gave me their chair to sit in. And um, I had my Gatorade and I sat for a while. And then my daughter came and said, Mom, 
you don't look good. Are you sure you want to walk? And it was like, yeah, yeah, I'll walk. And so we did the short route. And shortly after we left, I found a little bit of shade and I said, I need to stop and have a drink. And when I stopped, I messed myself. The Alzheimer's walk, pushing myself, don't feel good, shit myself, damn it. Listen to body, if you don't, I'll shit on you. I didn't listen. Dementia's so hard. Where is the you that is you? I need a warm hug. Care partnering's hard. You're in memory care. And I'm still exhausted. Unexpected tears. Lump in my throat cuts off breath. I hate this disease. There's a couple of books that I have found really helpful. This is one of them, Creating Moments of Joy. Um, and this is kind of using that terminology. This is what I want, to create moments of joy for my beloved. Grief spills out of me, stored in my cells for so long. <sighs> Will it ever end? Jim was a church pastor, local church pastor. And he was so good at so many things that he did. He was especially good with weddings and with funerals. He was also, um, did a lot of youth groups and uh, was a DJ with um, youth groups and with church groups. Times of great sadness, you have the most caring heart. You touched people's lives. You were a pastor and a DJ for church groups. Your love, far-reaching. You're down the hall, distance not measured by feet. Cavernous absence. Um, another book that's um, Keeping Love Alive as Memories Fade by Gary Chapman. Um, that, this has been a really helpful book as well. As memories fade, love and loyalty abound. I'm still here for you. Light a candle, darkness overwhelms me. I need to find some light. Keeping love alive even when the way is dark. Help me find the ways. Life's so hard for you. I want to make it better. Where do I begin? Jim, God is with us this watching and waiting time. We are not alone. Could I have this dance? Anne Murray's poignant lyrics. Uncontrolled sobbing. That's one of the one of the songs that he played when he'd do these church dances and we'd get our chance to dance. Pictures by the door. I kiss you each time I leave. Keeps me connected. This um, next book by Chris Germer, The Mindful Path to Self-Compassion, has also been um, this was probably one of the first books that when I kept reading about self-care and knowing that I, I needed to take better care of myself, um, he was suggesting um, doing some deep breathing and saying that you are loving kindness. So I often sit out on the porch or on my balcony and even freezing cold weather, 
just breathe in the crisp air. Uh, when we were living together, um, I asked Jim, would you just stay in bed a little longer so I can have some time by myself? And he likes to sleep. So he said, yes. So this breathing is um, imagining that loving kindness is just coming into my body and slowly moving through. So I am loving kindness. And then there were many times that I'd be rolling my eyes or looking daggers and then say, Mary, come on. Or I realized that I wasn't really listening or I'd say something and it was like, so I kind of extended this. So it was, I am loving kindness. And a deep breath. I'm loving kindness in my thinking. I'm loving kindness in my looking. I'm loving kindness in my listening. I'm loving kindness in my words. I'm loving kindness in my heart. I am loving kindness. I'm loving kindness to myself. I'm loving kindness to Jim. I'm loving kindness to the people I meet today. So that's kind of my morning ritual. So this is my haiku. Loving kindness now in my listening and my words. Loving kindness now. I'm going to make it keep plowing through these feelings. Give myself enough time. Is there a pathway? Direction's not very clear. Need a GPS. Accepting what is, is easier said than done. I don't like what is. Remind me always to find the holy in life and to be thankful. I am numb, just numb. Don't want to feel anything. Not callous, just numb. Cried myself to sleep last night. Uninvited tears. Rest finally came. Classical music soothes and nourishes dry places. My parched soul can drink. One of the things that's been really hard for Jim to uh, adjust to memory care is he really needs to feel useful, valued. And so they have him do different tasks during the day. And one of them is in the morning after breakfast, he erases the whiteboard and gets it ready for this day's activities to be rewritten. Erases whiteboard, much like his mind, wiped clean. Memory's not there. The sobbing tears kind. They're just under the surface. Fall uninvited. And then I gathered some of my holiday ones. Gosh, the holidays were just like really hard. Um, Thanksgiving is here. What am I thankful for? He is safe and cared for. Within five weeks, um, it was my birthday. Well, actually, it was Thanksgiving, my birthday, Jim's birthday, um, Christmas, New Year's, and our anniversary. So there were times when it's like, man, I'm not going to make it. Grief on grief. Birthdays. Christmas. Anniversary. 
Celebrating's tough. I just don't have it, this decorating for Christmas. Maybe not this year. Christmas is coming. Find new ways to celebrate. It's going to be hard. And then this one was, I think I was in Michael's, and it was early in the season, and I was with some friends that were buying garland and for decorating. And I just, I just broke down in the middle of the store, uncontrolled sobbing. Decorations in a store. Honor your feelings. Holiday grieving, sharing joys together, gone. Left with a dull ache. Advent, wait and watch. Rejoice? I just don't feel it. Help my unbelief. What can I give him? this season of gift-giving, the gift of presence. Do not get depressed. Will this Christmas be your last? Stay in the present. Breathe. Breathe slow, deep breaths. It's Christmas Day. Center self. Breathe in peace. Breathe out. In this darkest night, light a candle in my heart to help find the way. New Year's is coming. Grief and happiness share space. Let me choose wisely. And I realized as, as I was gathering some of these together, I don't, I don't have a whole lot that are like uh, caretaking and what I call breathing space, but I've got a few here. Sitting at ocean's edge. Sunshine and lapping water. Ah, my soul is nourished. The four of us meet. We share our joys and sorrows. I'm not alone. Messiah concert. Nourishing tender places. So good for my soul. Taking time for me. Self-breaking at close of day. Calming and peaceful. Walking in the dark. Promises that the path will lead in time to dawn. <sighs> that enough for now. Mary, it's, uh, they're so beautiful. I'm just thinking this needs to be an audio book. I mean, it's like, I did not want to stop you. I'm crying with you. And, and you held together so beautifully, but it's just, it, you know, your emotions, you are so vulnerable and you, I mean, it's, oh, it's such a gift you are giving people. Because so many people are feeling what you're feeling. And they, they don't know how to share it. They don't know where to go. And like you said in one of yours, I'm just, I'm not alone. And that, that to so many people makes this walk easier. Here I go. <laughs> I'm just, oh. But just, well, when, I, when, I, when I wrote them, I, I wasn't thinking that, I would ever tell anybody about any of them. Um, I wrote them because it helped me and I never ever thought that somebody else would find them in 
well, maybe interesting, but not helpful. So that's, that's been kind of a surprise that, um, you know, I don't, I don't really know what I will do with them. And, you know, an audio book, I never thought about that. Um, so any ideas out there that people have? It has been interesting. I shared it with the, when I said the four of us meet, there are uh, four of us women who meet here uh, once a week. And we write some and, and we kind of like share how our week has been. Um, and I shared it with them, but uh, not widely. So I'm just kind of like, surprised well i think of just um the gift you're giving the other women and now they're writing too and i want to throw this back to nancy for a second and pull you into the conversation did you ever imagine this ripple mm. effect or the the beauty of her right i mean it, it it's just amazing the emotions um, that you've captured so beautifully um, no I, I could have, I, I, I think Mary would also maybe even say too, I think she's been saying this all along. She had no, no idea that all of this would be pouring out of her. Um, you know, I, I, I first heard um, of the um, haiku poetry, haiku grief poetry that Mary was writing. Just like I shipped the journal I think the first weekend of, of, of November and by um, not even a week I was getting e emails um, with um, some of the um, the poems and um, particularly I, I shared the Thanksgiving poem on Thanksgiving um, at Anoint's Facebook page because I, I, I was just completely um, like you, Lori, I was completely mesmerized by um, what so many people, and I know this from my own experience in in my practice as a hospice chaplain. So many people reson, so many people feel it like what Mary's feeling, and um, the sense of, of of being alone, but not being alone, having community, but not knowing that they were community is or. The finding the imagery of light and lighting a candle and where in being in in the darkness i mean this is such these are just so universal pieces of um, imagery that I think so many people who um, are family members with um, somebody who has dementia and alzheimer's that um, this validation like um, i 'm thinking that too, or just this ugh Oh, I, I I feel that today, and I, I think it just speaks to the to, to the nature of not only who Mary is, um, but I think it speaks to the language of how we continue to find imagery that strengthens us, that you know um, nourishes us. Um, I loved being hearing the words of um, I knew where she was uh, when she wrote those words at the ocean. You know, I just think there's this, the, the, the places where, and I love that she kind of set the tone for some of the poetry of where she was writing and how she was writing and some of the inspiration of the events. And I think, um, I think it's just such a testimony to her own places of, of healing um, in an unknown, mysterious can't see what's coming the next day experience that she's been going through for now several years. So I think this whole idea of just like, just all of it, all of it, just, and I, I know it's all come very fast, just you know, writing in the middle of the night and at the doctor's office, you know, it's come very fast because I think there was a lot to be said. There was a lot to be said here for a long time. And now we have language and words and poetry and beauty and, this amazing gift of vulnerability that she's given us um, just is, 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 will be, I hope a blessing to so many other people. And I really, I mean, I know we're talking about lots of other things to make this um, 
make these poems just a presence in so many other people's lives because I think the bottom line is that people who love someone who has dementia and Alzheimer's feels very alone and no one can understand. And yet, you know, I think Mary's words and her poems and her experiences really speak to the heart of people and families who are going through like experiences as well. And I think her, her words, I think, putting them together uh, from her heart, um, from the, the deepest places of loss for her, um, the grief that she feels. And I know, um, I think this all, it, uh, this all has been uh, a place of just being able to, um, you know, then be able to find your way to uh, write these amazing gifts down and and I, I just love that she she never thought that this would be for anybody else but for a healing balm for her. Um, and and until we started telling her that, oh my gosh, so many people can relate to this. So many people feel alone. Uh, so many people may have people around them, you know, but feel alone in this. And you're saying, um, you're telling them that they're not alone. And I think that people really... Um, I think need to hear her, 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 her poetry in ways that really bring um, a healing to them as well. And I think this, this disease, because of the nature of it is a very a lonely and alone place for people who love someone who has dementia. And she's, she's naming that and speaking that into existence. And I think, I think we all need to hear more of it. I too liked how, Mary, you set up where things happen, because I think a lot of times we have this belief that we have to be in control of our emotions, and it's not going to hit us at the grocery store. It's not going to hit us, you know, wherever we're at, and it, it does, and we stuff it down, and it comes out sideways, and, and you know, you've learned to just tap into that and honor it and acknowledge your feelings and, it, you know, jotting them down, you know, on whatever's in front of you. And, and I think that that's a really important lesson for us, that, that our emotions are something that I don't think we're always supposed to control. You know, it's our, it's our reaction that can get us in trouble. But when we're, when we're vulnerable, um, you know, we're not hurting anybody. And we're, I think we're healing ourselves. Uh, for you to come out and talk about you know, the time on the, the Alzheimer's walk, you know, when you messed yourself. I mean, that is such a poignant factor of how much we push ourselves and push ourselves and we don't listen to our body and we know better. And then we kind of get have to get slapped in the face with something like that to go, okay, no denial now. <laughs> you know, I really have to have to look at this in a, in a different light. And so I I thank you for sharing that because I think it will connect with a lot of people in terms of how they don't listen to their body or maybe they'll end up with an illness themselves or, you know, some other type of disease. I, I absolutely loved your meditation and breathing that you shared with us on loving kindness and how you acknowledge that your eyes were rolling or you might have stated something in a way you shouldn't have or you weren't really listening and all those things that all care partners do and you found a way to try to you know get that under wraps and realign and 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 do better you know have that belief that that you can do do better but the way you share is just uh, uh, unbelievable mary it to me it almost it could be uh, i would go to um to an event where I just sat in a little pub, having a glass of wine, listening to you read the, I mean, I, I just, I could see it almost as a, um, as a, as a play, even with background behind you and some of these things. I mean, I think it's endless. I think it's so powerful and you, you read them in, in such an authentic voice. Um, I, I can't even, I can't even put words to what I appreciate that you're sharing. Oh, thank you, Laurie. Thank you. It was, it was interesting to me. I did share these with uh, someone who is a friend of mine who's a hospice volunteer. 
and she asked if she could share it with other volunteers so that they would know what some of the family members are experiencing when their loved ones go into memory care. So um, I was like, wow, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it is, it is a surprise to me, and, and I'm grateful if it's helpful to someone else. You know, you had mentioned, you know, that, that Jim was a pastor, and this really is, a, to me, a ministry in and of itself. You know, it's such a, it's such a healing process. It'll, it allows people to acknowledge their feelings that a lot of times they're stuffing. It allows them to put words and kind of magic and, and, and embrace it in terms of, of what it is that you're going through, uh, you know, I don't think grief is something that we should just sweep under the rug. I, I think it needs to be felt. I think people need to understand it. Um, and, and through your haikus, I, I, I just, um, again, un, unbelievable. Do you consider yourself a writer, Mary, at this point? Well, I guess maybe at this point, I... I would say yes, but before this, I wouldn't have said yes. And it's just like writing in a journal. It's just like good intentions, but it never happened. I never stuck with it. Um, but I guess I would have to say right now, um, yeah, I'm a writer. Well, and one of the things that I liked about your writing was, and I think this is where some people can get stuck with writing. It's like, okay, I'm going to get up in the morning, I'm going to have a cup of coffee, and I'm going to spend 15 minutes and I'm going to write. And you, you let it come to you and said, no, I have to write this down. You have the intention of capturing the emotions and then allowing yourself to capture them when they came up instead of like forcing it in a routine. And to me, I think that's a really important piece. And some writers might argue with me, no, you have to sit down for two hours every day and write, you know. Um, but I think when it comes to, uh, to poetry and, and this creative side and this uh, emotional piece, I, I, I think it gets back to what you said. Got to listen to your body. Yeah, listen to your mind. What's what's that chatter going on in there? It's been it's been remarkable. I that's all I can say. And thank you, Nancy. <laughs> oh goodness, you know it's just I as I said I didn't intend to sit down to write haiku. It it was your your blessing uh, from my journal that uh, kind of like opened my heart and. It just started pouring out. <laughs> and it's, you know, I'm still writing. Uh, probably, I think, because of the holidays, um, it was just so overwhelming that it was probably a way of coping as, as well uh, as being healing. Um, so the holidays, I, you know, the holidays and then the other worst day was the day that, that uh, Actually, we made the transfer to memory care. It was awful, awful, awful. And share, I'm assuming that you shared these haikus with your family, with your children. I um, did. What, what were some of their thoughts? Did it kind of open their eyes in terms of what you're really going through? Because, you know, you come off in control and, and um, you know, mom, you know, moms are always, you know, they got it handled. And I think sometimes kids don't understand the depths of the angst or the frustration or whatever you're going through. So what was their response? I think they, I think they recognize what's going on. Um, they live close by. And so I'm, I've just been so blessed to have them uh, so close. And um, so I think, um, I think it was helpful maybe for them to know the depths of what I was going through, but they were close. And so they really did know already. So uh, it was, they've been very supportive. I'm so fortunate in so many ways that they've been so supportive that Jim is so close uh, physically. Um, you know, it's like a couple hundred steps 
but it's like it's not the diff distance measured in feet it's this huge cavern that's you have to get across yeah Nancy I mean you just have to be so proud of her and so thankful that you sent that to her I sure hope more people go to anoint and 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 try this out and and have this experience and share but what are, what are your thoughts uh, well, I absolutely have loved Mary Todd for many, 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 many years. And uh, while I'm delighted and um, I'm not really surprised, I, I think that she's actually somebody who um, loves, uh, loves the written word. Uh, wasn't uh, what I what I delight in um, is that this has come at a, such a, an important time in her life that the gift of um, of what she's able to do um, just honing in on her heart and honing in on her um, her love and um, for Jim but love for so many other people um, I think this is really um, a love story and I've known this love story for a long long time and I uh, loved the family that came out of this love story and to be able to have her be able to write all of this at such a an important time such as this for her and an expression of her love uh, for Jim is just um, a gift uh, a gift for all of us who love her um, to be able to I probably am maybe not the biggest cheerleader. I'd like to think that I am, but I know I know um, Mary and Jim's children are an incredible um, big cheerleaders for her right now. And um, I just think that um, the world needs to have more of this. And I think the world needs to see more of people being able to um, find their voice at whatever time in their life needs to be spoken. So I... I'm incredibly in awe of her and I love her, love her, love her. I do. I do. I do. Yeah. How, how can you not? How can you not? I, I think that actually is a, um, a beautiful way to, to close the show. Um, one of the, one of the things that, you know, resonated with me too, Mary, and I think will with everyone, as much as you're talking about grief, um, you are talking about love. Because you can't have great grief without great love. You know, they go hand in hand. And so it is a love story. And it is a, a powerful, oh, here I go again. <laughs> it, it is powerful to love that deeply. It's just, we don't see it that often in the world anymore. People don't talk about it. And um, what a great example you are to all of us. So thank you. Thank you. It's, um, it's, it's still so surprising to me, Laurie. But I'm, I'm grateful, grateful for your gracious words, both of you, Nancy and you, Laurie. Thank you so much. So um, I want the audience to know that you can actually download the PDF of Mary's Alzheimer's Grief Haikus. Um, we've got the link on the blog and on the radio show. Um, we have it in our poetry section on Alzheimer's Speaks. And, um, I, you know, maybe it's something that you will want to take away with you and look as an, an example um, to be able to purge some of your own emotions and to be able to record the, the beauty in the pain. You know, again, you can't have great grief without great love. And I think that resonates across all ages and all stages of life. And uh, it doesn't just sit necessarily with, with someone who has dementia. And as far as getting hold of Nancy, um, you can go to her website, anointjourney.com, anointjourney.com. She's also on Facebook at Anoint. And um, Nancy, is it okay to give your phone number out too? 
I'd be delighted if somebody would like to have their own holiday grief journal with a blessing from me too. I would love to send that out to anybody who feels like that's um, something that speaks to them, especially after hearing um, Mary's story today. I'd, I'd be delighted to. And yes, please leave, please give out my phone number for sure. Okay, so um, you can reach out to Nancy uh, by phone at 303-601-6430. That's 303-601-6430. And you can always email her as, as well at nancy at anointjourney.com. And then, Mary, did you want to give out any contact information? Contact me via Facebook. I think in Facebook, I think there were several Mary Todd's, but um, I think maybe when I looked last time, I had Cambridge College. So, um, and I think there's a, I can't remember what the, what the picture is like, probably a picture of my family. So, but I don't really remember. And I also wanted to say, if anybody has ideas about how this can be useful, if they could let me know, that would be great. Wonderful. So if we have any publishers or uh, audiobooks or playwrights out there, there's, I mean, it's endless. I think it's endless on what the possibilities are uh, for this. I, 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 it could be used as, as even training materials or session at a conference um, for, for staff in terms of, you know, when hospice had said, you know, we need our people to know what families are experiencing. Um, I, I think that, I think it's endless, Mary. I think it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing that you've done and it'll be fun to see where it goes from here. So again, ladies, thank you both so much for your time today. This has just been wonderful. Thank you, Lori. Thank, thank you. you so much for seeing us together and such a wonderful gift that Mary brings. Yeah. Um, thank thank you, you, Nancy, you for seeing that. Being there too. Yeah. Mm. Mm. You're welcome, Mary. Love you. Love you too. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.